Manor. Hello, welcome to Tip Manor podcast. It is a new era for the football club and a new era for the podcast, but there's many familiar faces here. You've got me, James. We've got Jack. Hello, Jack. Good evening, James. Not heard from you for a while. Yes, yes, yes. Hello. John, hi. Hi. And uh, Connor, you're back. Where have you been all my life? <laughs> I'm back. I'm very happy to be back. I'm sorry for leaving you for so long, but uh, I'm back with my my lovely my lovely Oxfordshire tones. Yeah, you're this back. is the new era. Contribute. This is the new era of the pod. Connor's yeah. actually back. And you moved back to Ox. Where are you living now? Uh, I have just moved to Bicester. 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 So yeah. Good. So uh, me and me and Sophie have just moved in together. So two Oxford fans living together, um, which has obviously led to a particularly depressing household. Yeah. Um, but hopefully we're on the joint, we're up on the bounce therapy, now. Hopefully. Joint yeah. True. John. True. True. You can see Just it in cry. both ways, couldn't you? That you're not getting lifted. You're both going to be suffering at the same time. Solidarity yeah. and all that. We just yeah, rant exactly. at someone who doesn't care. Like we're at home ranting at someone and they just don't care. But it moves the True. conversation on, doesn't it? When you're like, oh, okay, lost to Morecambe. And then they're like, well, you've been to the garden centre. And then you just kind of have to move on with life. <laughs> not that we're going to yeah. lose to Morecambe, anyone. I was going to say, don't drink it, James. Positive. Um, Connor, didn't... Um, you buy a bed just so that Ryan Clark would pop up in your house. This is correct, and this is a, this is this is factual information, James. Yes. Did you have to pay extra money so Ryan Clark would deliver it? Just, didn't your dad do the same thing, if I remember correctly? And then Ryan so Clark not up. not quite, not quite. Basically, it's like a tick box on the order form. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clarky <laughs> special <laughs> surcharge. <laughs> Ryan Clark delivers beds for Abingdon beds and my family have an affiliation to Abingdon beds. So I got a new bed delivered and it just so happened. Um, yeah, something like that just so happened, uh, that he only works on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and it's a good job that we moved in on a Tuesday. So, um, yeah, I had a nice visit from Ryan Clark to deliver my bed, um, which was, it was great. And, and yes, James, I did plan it. All right. I was going to say, did, did you remember it. it was a thing or it can't have been yeah. spontaneous? Are you going no, to buy was, a window uh, from Constable or something? I don't think may, Potentially, I don't know. I don't know. But it was, uh, it was great. It was, it was really good. You know, so, so Ryan turned up and, you know, straight away, it was just, it was just, you're Ryan Clark. And then that was it. We had a nice chat and, um, Obviously, we mentioned the Wembley situation. Um, he he still doesn't like. He still before. no. He still doesn't like talking about it. But um, no, it was very good. It was like, nice to meet him again. I mean, I, I've met him a, a few times as a kid when I was a, when I was a ball boy, Oxford and things like that. He's always been a, a gentleman, so uh, it was very good nice. to have a chat with him now as as a grown adult. But also, one of the best things about this was coincidentally just before I moved in, I found my Wembley ticket um from 2010 so needless to say i got him to sign it so that's now proudly oh. displayed in my downstairs bathroom so did you, know, did you let him leave your house content. or is he locked in the spare room <laughs> no he's 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 still trying to get out actually but he's quieted down now as i've been giving him i've been feeding him every day so he's all right bless him as right. long as he gets to, as long as he gets to play football in the garden every day he's fine yeah you let him out <laughs> that's good um right before we get on to the Manning chat, um, let's let's whistle through the news. Captaincy. I actually reflected on this afterwards, and I kind of judged us for not calling it out for being more ridiculous in hindsight. 
But um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I think when we kind of went over it, like, yeah, it's just, you know, dual captaincy, Long and Brannigan sharing it. And then we moved on. Or did we? I think the, well, the dual the... thing was always a bit weird. But I think because Elliot Moore, and he missed a few games through personal reasons or whatever it was. So I think I was a bit like, okay, if he's got other stuff going on, then he's probably gone. Don't need this. I think that's why I glossed over it. Yeah. And which it t- turns out that couldn't be fair from the truth. Yeah. He, didn't, he, he didn't want to give it up. Robinson took it off him, which probably sums up where Robinson was, was just kind of attempting to change something and hope it worked. But it was, in, it was interesting that there, wasn't it? When short did the interview straight away, he was like, Nope, it, you know, if it's up to me kind of thing, center back should be a center back, see up the pitch, see around him. He's a leader. Then Elliot Moore's interview as well. Yeah. But it, just little things like that, that, Again, won't have been helping KR's case at the at the club, right? Um, Must have been some interesting conversations between Craig Short and Carl Robinson during that yeah. period of time, though, because I can't imagine Shorty would be the type of bloke who would just sit back and just let, you know, let KR make those decisions without at least challenging him. So I bet that was well, that made for a feisty afternoon meeting. That's yeah. probably that's heading over old ground, isn't it? Of like how much challenge KR actually had. Yeah. Um, it's a new era, guys. Yeah. yeah, we should we should stop to Alan. I agree. <laughs> Um, the youth team, oh, it was quite disappointing in the end, wasn't it? But the, the, there was still a really good performance, especially first half and early signs in the second half were good. But they went out to Man City 3-0. There was a good attendance there, wasn't there? It was nice to see. They were they were backed and supported and clapped off as well. But a great run. I don't know if any of you guys caught it. I was struggling with the bloody FA oh, player yeah. or whatever it was called. There was no audio. It was just... A nightmare to, to well, the people, follow. People we knew went were all like, it was just really nice to go to an Oxford game and just like not feel stressed and <laughs> just yeah, yeah. Kind of enjoy it. It's like, it? well, for a reason, but still, like, kind of take made the point at the time. It was also live on TikTok, and it made me feel extremely old, and I refused to download it. I've I've got this far in life without having it, so you know. Um, James Golding. New contract for him. <laughs> so, someone's put in the notes. He looked delighted, based on his expression as uh, Manning was doing his kind of I mean, presentation the other day. Golding looked furious. We knew um, we're going to talk about that picture, that image at length, no doubt about the <laughs> body language expressions of certain many many a player. But that, oh, yeah, Golding just uh, just a bit like, but actually, ang- like really angry, not just yeah. like general expression. But anyway. Who knows? Anyway, st- stadium news. Uh, who added this one in? I haven't had a chance to catch I, up on this. I did. So it was interesting to see this sort of update come reasonably out of nowhere. But yeah, essentially, we know that on the 21st of March, there'll be another cabinet meeting and the council will effectively sign um, an MOU memorandum of understanding with the club and set out the timetable for the next stage of the project. So we're still in sort of agreeing a land lease deal sort of stages but i think this sort of understanding is more kind of about accountability for the council yeah. and sort of basically saying the club will agree to operate in a certain way meet certain standards that the council wants to see work towards certain provisions around transport sustainability that that sort of stuff i, I don't i think it's what a part of a process that is about accountability for both sides and they're still actively negotiating around a land, a lease. And then the big, the next big thing, which the Oxford Mail pulled out, was that September's likely when we'll get that decision on what a land deal looks like 
and agree and if it will be agreed to or not potentially july at the earliest november at the latest yeah but the council were very very keen to stress in their statement and their statement's probably the one to read rather than the some of the other articles because there's more in it than that but they basically stress that it's still got to go to then go to planning so it's a helpful update to show that all the right things are moving along yeah it's uh, i heard tim williams on the one of the forums um basically saying that there's definitely enough space in the triangle to do what the club and the board want to do which is positive to hear i still was hoping that at some point in time they'll address whether there's any room for expansion there but i'm not going to get carried away with it um should we talk about the new manager yes yeah let's do so yeah, um, yeah definitely so over, I, I, I see it says 105 i heard jerome say on one of the pods 150 applicants apparently can anyone just apply could we apply yeah where was it was it on like there indeed.com is, or there, something? there is a bloke who's got like application um, like refusal letters from like every club in the country. He just, he just sends. <laughs> he framed them. Yeah, no, no. It's, it's like in a, there's an article about him. It's really interesting. But he basically just sends in his football manager history, and then gets a, <laughs> gets a letter back saying, "Sorry, you've been unsuccessful for the job at AFC Wimbledon." Well, have you or... heard about the niece? The niece manager. Yeah, I was going to say. Yes. Yeah. 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 Like. Um, well, Will yeah. Still. Will Still, isn't it? William Still. That's his yeah, name. yeah, he's, he's yeah, he, his story is phenomenal. Yeah, a lot of that is effectively like he's come up learning all through football manager. Doesn't really have much formal coaching experience. Still doesn't have the correct license to manage the French leagues. So every game they play, they get fined twenty grand because he doesn't have the right license to manage. Yeah, they're doing really well. Yeah, so he's a, he's a long way off his pro license as well. So that's what yeah. he's working towards. He's he'll, he'll have at least another year to do before he gets anywhere near it. So it's amazing there wasn't a thousand applications for it based on what apparently (laughs) you can do these days. Yeah, that is very true. I did not know that was a thing. We should have put we should have put through like you know not the Cowdy brothers but like all four of us as a you know as a suite (laughs) of the tip manner management. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Robbie Fowler was one that was banded around, and everyone was like, "Where's Robbie today?" And checking where he was on Twitter and stuff. He was in with Tiger, photographed with Tiger at one point, wasn't he? Mm -hmm. Cotterill that didn't come out. Yeah, I know. It was you can tell, you can tell people were still pissed about what's been before when like Robbie Fowler was getting yeah, exactly. That was clearly yeah. rage coming from somewhere else. Admittedly, he would have been an old appointment. But um, anyway. Obviously, Craig Short threw his name in pretty late on. I think he's done a pretty good job, hasn't he? I think his, the way he's communicated before and after games has been really professional. And it's quite it's good to hear a bit more from him, I thought. Um, and then obviously, yeah. Appleton and... Grant McCann, but I'll go around Connor. Where where we where was your head and heart as all these names were getting banded around in terms of what you hoped? I can't deny my my head and my heart was firmly with Michael Appleton. Um, whether that was steeped in nostalgia, I don't know. I think it was. I think it was. Yes. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but the thing is, is I, I think it would have been, I think equally it would have been a good appointment. My top three, in all fairness, was Appleton, McCann and Manning. So yeah. I, I'm not I'm not disappointed in the appointment of Liam Manning. Um, I think, I don't want to talk too early about, about him now because we're obviously going to go on to him in a minute. But I think my initial worry was, is he the correct man to keep us in the league now? I think long-term project, definitely. 
definitely. I think he he ticks every box. Yeah. Um, and I, I can't see any argument against that, I'm afraid. So anyone who wants to challenge me, let's have a go. Um, John, challenge him. <laughs> John, what are your thoughts? So I, I'd sort of had sort of similar thoughts about Appleton that short term, is he is he 100%? Because we know that you know, it takes a bit of time for him to get going. But I'd got over that and I'd got quite excited about him coming back. Um, so... I don't know. I'd be surprised. It, it, it really it speaks to the interview process, I suppose, because Matt must have had a pretty strong case or must have been able to build a pretty strong case when he was yeah. going for it. And so Manning's obviously come in and been more impressive or a different angle or or something like that. Um, so yeah, so there's a bit of... us Not tears for Michael Appleton, but I was quite excited by the prospect of it. Yeah. I, I, but I think we're all going to say the same things about Liam Manning, I imagine. Um, but... I'm equally, I don't think it's, I'm in a good place for what we've done. I think it might make for a boring discussion because I think, again, like you just said, John, <laughs> I think we are actually all on the same page as per, as per usual with this podcast. Unfortunately, we don't, we don't seem to kind of upset the apple cart, but let's not talk about Sean Clare. No, okay. no, yeah, good, good point. Uh, Jack, were you any different? <laughs> were, you, were you keen for Appleton to come back? Um, I don't think I was massively pro Appleton I, I could have seen it why it might have happened um I mean my shout was always Liam Richardson but it sounds like he never applied at all um I noticed in the press conference yesterday Tim Williams said they interviewed 10 and whistled that down to four so um 10 seems quite a big into that that's about what 10 percent of the entire apl- applicant so actually that bloke who does it from football manager might have had a chance of being interviewed um <laughs> But no, yeah, I think I, I, I agree with everyone, really. I think Manning's shown what he can do. His style's not dissimilar from Robinson, so it probably makes sense, um, you know, for this kind of Oxford way, top 30 that we want. But, you know, is a game at Morecambe where we're bright and amongst it going to bring out the Liam Manning of MK from last season? Or does he need to find a little something different for 10 games which I don't mind it's about getting points from these 10 games if we do that by being a bit rough and at them then you know it's about staying up isn't it I think crucially if we're moving on to this kind of discussion now around Manning and what he's going to bring to the team if you look at his MK Don side when they obviously reached third a couple of years ago um, they were very difficult to beat so in terms of this idea of and also this term I'm going to use it once and I'm never going to use it again. Manning ball, which is what I heard Jerome say on the radio, Jerome, which yeah. makes me feel sick. Um, that that Manning ball, I've said it twice now, never again. Um, <laughs> you know, whether or not it will come out against Morecambe, I don't think it will, because obviously it's going to take a long time for our players to learn a system and play in the way he wants us to play. Whether or not we have the right personnel for that at the moment anyway is a different story. What I'm trying to get across here is I think that what he will bring is I'm hoping a little bit of kind of defensive solidity in terms of his, his know-how of how to kind of allow us to be potentially a little bit more on the front foot by being slightly more solid at the back. Cause clearly we've had a problem this season with leaking goals. Like yeah. You know, we're going to talk about this, aren't we? Where the last, wow, well, the last nine games, we, it, it, clubs have been scoring against us for fun it's basically like walking it's, through it's, park it's that classic thing where teams just don't have to work that hard yeah but I, I, I was really surprised with Manning that that season they came third 
they were right up there in terms of goals scored, but they were level with Wigan in terms of the best defensive record in the league. And obviously Wigan Wigan won the league, didn't they? Yeah. And that like, shows yeah. what type of manager he is. He's like, you know, he's not someone who is just this front foot attacking football and neglects the bottom end of the pitch. So that's what I'm hoping that initially he will bring to the squad and that will hopefully pay dividends in the next 10 games. And I'm hoping, I think we all are, that we do stop leaking as many goals, particularly at this back end of the season, to make sure that we stay in this division. There was a couple of um, key quotes I took from his... Well, it's not it's the, from the press conference, and it's um, how we work is giving players understanding of what they need to do in each of the phases. And I want a team that's smart, intelligent and adaptable and able to solve problems and find ways to win games. All right, the fine way to win games is obviously kind of by the by. But it's about sort of getting the players so prepared that they know exactly what they need to do. And at times, I think actually all season, I'm not sure we really had a particular plan and the players have been able to problem solve on on the pitch. It's all been a bit sort of wayward. So if he comes in and gives them a bit more direction, I don't for a minute think we're going to see sort of possession-dominated football against Morecambe. I mean, we shouldn't do as well. That's how he wants his teams to play, and we haven't got the players. Did, didn't he just, in the interview with Jerome, he talked about just making some tweaks, like he'd, he'd been analysing. And this is why I reckon he got the job, is because as part of his application for the role, he's clearly analysed the absolute hell out of the squad, the individuals, the shape what he would change. You know, you imagine he's gone to the nth degree more so than any mm-hmm. other applicant to unpick how he would, you know, be pivoting the team to be I plugging mean, he's, gaps. He's, to a degree though, he's got, I think I personally take that comment with a pinch of salt because I don't think he can come in and like hammer, hammer the team. I mean, he's not wrong if we're jumping ahead to talking about the, certainly the link, the Derby game that you know, there wasn't a few a few tweaks, and we probably could have had a better outcomes in that, maybe. Yeah, but I think he's not necessarily going to sort of hammer the team. I think he's just basically sending out a message to them, like the foundation's there. You just need to do a few things a bit differently. So, I, I don't sort of completely challenge him saying that, but I think it's a bit of a setting them setting the mood comment more than anything. He did refer to structural tweaks, which I think is quite interesting because we've said a lot of times on this pod, not this season, but multiple seasons about how narrow the back four is when it defends or the gap between the midfield and the back four. And you would hope that, you know, these structural tweaks he's referring to is addressing that to make us more solid overall. Because like Connor said, you know, we'll go on to talk about it. Derby did next to nothing on Saturday and came away with three goals. And we've got to stop that to give us a chance Mm -hmm. of staying up. I think one thing that also stuck out to me was the way he discussed managing emotions. And I think that was very interesting because we've, we we know under Carl Robinson that that is something that I don't think he's very good at doing. And I think that projects onto the players. Uh, certainly has done recently. Yeah. Um, and I think that is one thing that Liam Manning will, will hopefully kind of, I guess, kind of calm down within the players and try to understand, you know, that example that he gave in, in the press conference where he spoke about, you know, someone who is over-egged and over-emotional about trying to win a tackle, then gives away a foul, then gives away a free kick. You have to defend that free kick and then that could then potentially lead to a goal-scoring opportunity for the opposition team. If these emotions are kept in check, you know that that extra couple of steps 
to make that challenge doesn't happen and you back off and you get into shape or, you know, little tiny tweaks on the emotional side of players might pay dividends as well. And if he's the person who can recognize that and bring that into the squad as well, it's not all about structural tweaks yeah, in terms no, of formations or shapes or playing triangles or going to the top of the pitch. Sometimes it is as simple as managing emotions for a lot of the players. And we do have quite a few players that are, I wouldn't say hot-headed, but are sometimes they they pivot on that balance of being over too emotional or maybe perhaps under it. I mean, you look at Marcus Brown, for example, when he loses his head in a game, he is useless. And he is a player that frustrates so many fans. Did you notice how Craig Short... Craig Short was backing Brown as soon as he was put into that role. He kept talking about Brown, and then I actually think Marcus Brown had a couple of pretty good games as a well, result. Well, Manning, yeah. Manning yeah, knows he did. Brown as well. Yeah, from West Ham. Like, yeah, from that video that where he's talking to the players, which um, he, he pulled him out specifically. Um, yeah, but that's where I do believe him when he came in and said, "I genuinely think he he recognises there is a lot of talent in the squad," and he said it a few times, and I think he be absolutely right to say it but Marcus Brown will be one of those where he'll be pointing his finger at and going well you can make something happen for me yeah um, yeah you're yeah, right I, I agree definitely. absolutely there's Lucar, there's no there's nothing you can do about formations and that sort of stuff now particularly it's all about roles and what they're told to do on the on pitch instruction and following said instruction and all that sort of thing it's it's interesting I completely agree about the emotional intelligence side of it not just for the players but fans it's i i feel ex- i felt a bit exhausted <laughs> um after you know the last period of, you know with kr and i think it's it's quite refreshing having a bit more of a kind of calmer articulate less less of a narrative yeah. all the time and less of trying to build like a i don't know a story that isn't there um yeah and totally I, I just think we'll get a bit more direct comms i i think where he seemed to you know the video where all the players looked mega engaged, <laughs> sat down, where you've got Wild Shot with his freaking legs up and um, Jacob, isn't it? No, sorry, Josh, I was getting confused. Josh, Jacob's starting for Newcastle, isn't he? I, say, I wish it was, <laughs> ja- wish it was Jacob. Um, yeah, Josh Josh Murphy's on the front with his leg banded up, isn't he? But, I thought um, Long and Joseph looked absolutely fine, but it was the look on Sam Baldock's face. <laughs> it had the look of me recently, like, coming towards the end of a job where I'm just not engaged and not... not, not I do wonder with that whether, like, Robinson had had kind of suggested he might get Baldock involved in something. If I'm just going to read lots into a, an expression from one meeting, that's what I would... Uh, that's what I took from it. I, I think a lot... I think a lot of people on Twitter took took that video a little bit to heart. People, <laughs> well, the, people the talk... video's now been removed, I noticed. Oh, has it? Yeah. Has it? Oh, interesting. Because I think... A lot of people were correct. Yeah, I didn't know that, but a lot of people were criticizing the way the players looked. And I do sometimes think you have to take this sort of thing with a pinch of salt because they they always like that. They they, all exactly um, they do. Sorry, the um, what they call the Tottenham documentaries. The exactly, they're they're all all the same. Slumped in their seats. Yeah, yeah. they're a a bunch of twenty to thirty-year-old blokes who kick a ball about for a living. They do not like sitting in a classroom, effective environment, being told how emotionally exactly. vulnerable they're allowed to be and all the rest of it. They they want exactly. to go and kick a bag of air about, let's be honest about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, and not being funny, I stand in front of a bunch of 20-plus-year-olds 
as a lecturer and their faces are exactly the same as them lot. So, you know, it's fine. We, I still do my job. Liam Manning will still do his job. So it's, it, it, I think people really, do you give them, do you give them like, really, a, I, well, I have three main things I want from you. One is yes. winning, winning lectures. Two is um, the culture. <laughs> Playing out from the back. <laughs> three is you, you're all humans and I treat you like humans. And then you just like, yeah. you know, that's why i lose them all john straight away <laughs> but no um, i think people over i think people kind of overegged that a little bit i did i did i just think how old is manning 37 or something like yeah. that yeah, like, i just think yeah. a young progressive manager with a bit of longevity where do you guys think regardless of what happens in these 10 games well he's he's going to be here next season regardless and Worst case, it doesn't click. It's not going to be like a Waddock style out the door. He'll be given no. the job. Like that's what everyone just needs to get behind him. This mess is not anything to do with him. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm just, yeah. Do, where are you guys on that? Do you think it will be a really hard job for him to turn it around if we do end up collapsing and going out of the league? I, I'm, the way I view it, very simply, is if we don't get results against those teams that are below us at the league now then we're doomed, is the way I kind of see it. Manning um, didn't I'm, see it like that, did he? He was, No, but, he, he but, then, but then he wouldn't see it like about... that. Of course he wouldn't yeah. see it like that. I understand, because of course, as a football manager, you believe you can win every single football match. That, you, have to be, you have to be that way inclined. You can't just pretend that, oh, just because Barnsley are above us in the league, they're automatically going to beat us. Whereas as football fans, we're kind of a little bit more you know, emotional in that sense. Um, but... Uh, I, I think I think if if we do go down, I think we're in a strong position to come back up again. I think as long as we don't lose too many players. Um, although, having said that, given the way that this team have played this season, some of them are more than welcome to fuck off. To be honest. Um, wow, it's gone there. There you go. The F-bombs there. Your lecture. Um, new, new era, yeah, same language. It is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I think if we do if we do stay up, then I'm I'm extremely excited at the prospect because I think again. Unlike what he had at MK Dons, um, he will hopefully have a, a good kind of input on the recruitment, if nothing else. And it, it's very clear that Liam Manning knows what type of players he wants in his team because he has a very clear philosophy. And I'm not saying other other player uh, other managers have not in the past. Carlson definitely had and had fit that mould in previous years. This year has clearly been, um, you know, hasn't gone that way. But I do, do you, think if we stay up, then you know Liam Manning will will clearly have a, an eye on the transfer window, and I think it'll be exciting times. But of course, we've got to wait for the next 10, 10 games to see yeah. whether or not this, that's going to be reality. Um, Jack, where do you, where do you sit with regards to how Manning's time ended at MK? So he obviously lost Twine and Darling, wasn't it? I can't say Darling without thinking of Blackadder. But um, um, do you think he, he just lost the players that? gave him that quality of football and that run that they had couldn't put it back together I think it's the first ever Jack you're on mute oh wow it's like a work call it It was like a work call because I keep coughing I was trying to be nice to the listener Um, the one listener the one listener (laughs) hi mum um Yeah, he, he lost, obviously, his name Twine. They lost the keeper as well. He was quite fundamental to their kind of passing it about the back. I think as well, he, he hinted at it, but he left it alone in his press conference that he was not happy with how the recruitment went this summer or rather how he was told to go about his recruitment in the summer. 
um, he said, you know, he very much hinted that something went on that he wasn't happy with. I think, in general, I'd be more confident about next season with him in charge if we stay in League One. I do wonder if his style, considering some of the sides in League Two and how rough and tumble it has been, and we, we know it has been, having spent enough time in there in the last 10 years, um, how his style would would fit in League Two in the in the you know modern day. So oh, yeah. that that's the only kind of negative to the appointment. I think that if he doesn't manage to keep us up, does next year have to look a bit different for what he would normally do? I mean, uh, I just think, because of the league differences. I think the deck chairs massively move if we go into League Two. Um, we can't go into League Two; it'd be absolutely devastating. Um, I think. The point Jack's made is it it is a completely different league, and I just don't want to go back there whatsoever. And that's the sort of that is the cementing the risk to all this, and a lot the sort of all the good stuff with Liam Manning, I think, comes from being in League One, and you can put in place the recruitment structures that he needs around him. I mean, as you were talking about, if he wasn't happy with some of the recruitment stuff that happened at MK. It's because MK have a structure where they have a sporting director and the recruitment's quite immersive across the whole club. We obviously had a head of recruitment who's it's you know it's different titles for different structures, but yeah, um, it is it is interesting. That's that sort of the whole kind of like he's the the dream progressive manager for the next five years comes when we're safe in League One for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't. There's no excuses if we go down to League Two. Yeah, gets us to the championship, sees in the stadium, and then Premier League. Here we come. <laughs> but isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting though to um, to have this discussion? Obviously, using that, using MK as context, given the fact that they're below us in the league at the moment. Yeah, but think, I... you know that 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 what we're trying to say here is that clearly what happened to them in in the way that their recruitment has gone, similar to us, I guess, really has backfired massively um i'm well, kind of glad that they I didn't just... have a change after he left basically yeah the that's yeah yeah their, their fortunes hadn't taken up have they yeah you know, they haven't gone up since he left um which is only a good thing isn't it really in hindsight when you look at bringing him in now as an oxford manager i do think um as part of the interview process where obviously he's come with a, a big presentation of of things but he he has referenced a couple of times manning that he believes there's the talent in the squad to play how he wants to play. And he did reference a couple of tweaks. And you've got to think that the board would have liked to hear him say, with 10 games left, he thinks he can get them playing a brand of football that's going to win games and everything else. I'm just waiting for him to start Josh Murphy right back in a back five on um, Saturday at Morecambe. <laughs> well, you know, not to get the KR <clears throat> excuse book out, but there have been plenty of games this season where few things go well some games this season where a few things go differently not in the last nine games that's a different story but we know there's we know there's enough there in in the squad so i can well believe that but it is to get is i mean i I still i'm getting more and more agitated and i guess i'll forget about it if we stay up but whether the board should have acted three or four games sooner yeah everyone keeps saying the same thing don't they all the and, fans that call into radio oxford apart it, from the one that's talking about mannequins um <laughs> is talking about um just acting sooner 
Well, that was just sloppy all around from everyone. Like, <laughs> Slop, what was the word? Slovenly. That was to Slovenly. Slovenly. I was like, the guy can't. Yeah. The guy can't talk, and I was like, oh no, it's a word that I just don't know. <laughs> what well, does it mean? Careless. But I think we we've, we've got to be really excited about what Liam Manning can can offer. The sort of you know he is definite long term fit potential. He's a very modern coach. He you know he's. He is that sort of data-driven side of things. You, you get the sense that it would be a, a building like a, a Brentford, Plymouth, Brighton. Exactly. Know, that sort of model, it, it's bringing yeah. youth to taste, but it's identifying, it will be using systems to identify where the issues are. Um, less, I suppose, less done on emotion. And he does seem to be an incredibly measured person. As long as he knows at the right time to show some emotion, then, then great. But... Um, I'm far more in. I never really said, but I, the whole way through, after reading up more about Manning and then just watching back some things, reading some articles, I, I just felt like the map stuff. It would have been. He was. He's a slow starter. He's been well publicised. He was a slow starter, and I just think it would have been a shame if he came in and really flopped and got us and we got relegated for everything that he'd done for us. And I know people say. It's more about, you know, he he's demonstrated he can be a really good manager. But his record, generally, I know he's had difficult circumstances, but even beyond us, he hasn't had a great time. And I just think it was more about that emotional connection that people were clawing back to. But I think Manning, to John's point, is everything about, you know, progression, moving forward, being really measured, articulate, considered in everything you're doing has demonstrated an ability to get a team playing. A re- We've talked this, how many times on the pod this year have we talked about a lack of identity about our football? Like he yeah. is, he is every, that Manning ball shit, Connor. Like <laughs> that's, <laughs> imagine, it's just having an identity about the way you play and you rock up to an away ground and they're like, it's Oxford, they play that crazy this way. style yeah, of football. Exactly. But you, you know it's coming yeah. and there's nothing yeah. you can do about it. Um, and I just hope that it, it materialises, like we said, everything we're saying is caveated by the fact that we need to stay in this division next season. And I think that's the issue that we've got, is that it's just, it's a scary prospect still. Yeah. And the, and, the, and the, I think, you know, the players must know this, the coaching staff must know this, these points have to come on the board and they have to come on the board now. Because if this goes on for another five games and we're winless, it it looks bleak very bleak but this well, is where it needs to start you need to hit the ground running and i do think Morecambe is a tough task on saturday it's, that's, that's, i was game. about to say that when, when when we get to previewing Morecambe, i want to ask you guys about what you what you would do versus what you think he'll do yeah one um, one thing i wanted to quickly say though james before we move on is um it's interesting isn't it, how they've how they've not announced and they as far as i'm aware refusing to announce what his contract length is um they've just tim williams has just said it was long term, and that's that. They've not, they've not put a date on it. Well, they must have put a date on it in terms of contract, but they just haven't actually announced it to the public. I, you wonder if there's a break in there, depending on what happens by the end of this season. <laughs> you know, like a break clause on a rental. Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine. I, I'd For be both very parties. surprised. I'd be very surprised if that is it, the case. Though. It does seem to be quite a new thing to football, though. Like a lot of players' contracts don't come with an end date on them now. It's just uh, so-and-so has signed a long-term deal. You never know, find out until they get released or whatever. There seems to be a lot more kind of um, keeping those details out for whatever reason. I don't particularly bother me if it's four years, three years, 18 months. 
the next 10 games are the most important for now. Yeah, exactly that. You just hope we're not having to even think or worry about it. I did like that we, we talked about the backroom staff a bit, but it's good that he's brought uh, Chris Hogg with him and how that was, a, he referenced it as a non-negotiable, didn't he? Like how he will challenge, he needed someone that would challenge him, call him out, has knows his ups and downs and everything about it. And I think keeps will keep him grounded. And I thought that was really good to kind of see that happen mm-hmm. and also keep the rest of the coaching staff around and about the place. It sounds like the players have a lot of time for Craig Short. Um, so yeah. it makes sense. I'm excited to see what this relationship's like with his assistant manager because yeah, I think it, I think it's refreshing to see someone who has so much confidence in their number two to bring them with them straight away and to kind of have, you know, to kind of not compare it to Dan Crowley and Nicky Cowley because obviously their their style was slightly different and probably over-egged their partnership just because they're brothers. But, you know, you want someone who who you can trust and who, and who like you said, challenges you on a daily basis. And I do think actually it's nice that he was brought in at the same time as Liam Manning. So, it, you know, they settle together into the club and into the structure yeah. and obviously working alongside the current staff. I do think a lot, I mean, as far as I'm aware and, and using Twitter as a kind of microcosm, but it does seem like a lot of people have been kind of calling for the heads of the backroom staff as well, trying to say they need to complete shake up. Um, I think that would be very interesting to see what happens in the summer. In the summer, that. yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean, it's, you'd expect it's only going to go one way. Yeah. Really. Um, yeah. But that is fairly natural. Um, I, th- I think it's interesting that the sort of on the pitch stuff, I think it's pretty clear which way he'll want to go. But then off the off the field, he clearly is very experienced in sort of understanding those structures that a manager needs to support him. Because, you know, look, if you look, where he's come from he's come from a highly structured he was part of the the man the broader man city group where it is about you know he's he's a head coach it's that thing about he's not a manager he's a head coach he's come from an environment where everything is structured around him um and he was he was quizzed about it specifically by jerome and he talked about how you know he, he wants to get more involved with recruitment and he's spoken to tim williams and grant ferguson about the structure and how recruitment will be paramount. So I don't, I mean, like we talked about in the last, but I'm not obsessed with directors of football. I'm more bothered about the people and how they all work together. But that side of the club will be a, a big thing to sort out post yeah. KR as well. On to the last couple of games. So Lincoln and Derby. Um, there were signs of improvement for sure. So we talked about a bit about Marcus Brown, but very involved. I think Lincoln, we were unlucky, especially kind of for the the initial part of the game where we, we got down the left a few times. I think Joseph could have put in, I forget, a good room for a tap in, but just didn't manage to get the ball across. And Brown broke through multiple times type thing. We just couldn't get finishing touch on it. But the things that I noticed when you put both games together is we had 65% possession in both games. Um, almost double the amount of passes as the opposition. And yes, a lot of people will say that's probably across your back line. But at the same time, we're a lot more progressive in these games. Um, 31 shots across two games, of which 14 were on target. 26 corners in two games with only three against you. 26-4, three against. Um, And we did get a goal from open play. And Jack, I think I messaged you the other day, but wasn't it like one in one open play goal in 10 
before that until Carl Joseph scored because I, I wasn't counting. Um, yeah, it was Sam Longheader. It was Lewis Bates at MK. Yeah, so, yeah, that's it. It's crazy, isn't it? So, uh, in fact, that is unbelievable, isn't it? One open play goal in ten games. I don't think we can afford that run to go for the next ten games. But um, yeah, where where were you guys at with these performances in general? I guess probably not worth dwelling too much on Lincoln. That Odonka header was any other day that's going in and we're, we're getting a point out of the game that we definitely deserved. Um, I think the Lincoln fans generally were saying that they felt we deserved to, well, at least get something from the game and it was good to see it from the other side. But um, yeah, what about Derby? Who who could, Jack, you were there. What was it like from your side? And Connor, sorry. Well, it... <laughs> It probably summed up everything that's good and bad about us at the moment in that it, there was definitely a bright performance. Marcus Brown looked on it, especially first half. Um, obviously, the gen, I mean, Dar- Derby, I think, are just a very poor one side. They don't seem to need to play particularly well to get a result. Um, they're not particularly expansive footballing-wise. They've got, you know, when you've got someone like James Collins up front, you're going to have a bit of a battle. Um, I think it was just frustrating that we, you know, didn't hold on to that one nil for longer than we did. I think yeah. it was less than ten minutes in the end. Um, yeah. And I've had from from work colleagues and and those Derby fans that I went with, you know, the comments of oh, "I can't believe you're down there." You know, we were lucky to get three points, and that just irritates me because, you know, again, it comes back to this: we need to get points. So I'd rather they just said, "Oh, you completely shit shit I was just one nil, fair enough. Um, but the fact there was some posit- positivity in there and you could tell, um, I sat in the South Stand, that fans just kind of were grabbing hold of the green shoots a little bit. I didn't think the crowd really turned at any point, even at 3-1, which shows how much a kind of Carl Robinson effect there was on the fan base. We, we, you know, we, we knew it, but to see it beyond him was quite clear. So you'd like to think with the, the two games coming up against teams around us, that if we play in a similar way, we've got a lot better chance of coming out on the positive side of a result. Yeah. I mean, I, I work with, I work with a gent um, who is the uh, radio commentator for BBC Derbyshire. And he was in, he was in the, at the Kassam and he was commentating on the game. And I spoke to him afterwards and, and he was saying that he, he thinks that, you know, it was, it was one of those games where, like you said, Jack, that Derby didn't have to play particularly well to beat us. And it was kind of two relatively poor sides um, that then somehow managed to turn into a, into a bit of a goal fest. Um, I don't think we played particularly well. However, I do think we've played far, far worse this season. Definitely. I think our lack of teeth in the final third is again, so blatant. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, to your point about Marcus Brown, Marcus Brown had Rooney in his back pocket all of the first half. He he got th- past him multiple occasions and yet either final ball or who's on the end of a final ball is non-existent. Uh, and this has exactly been the story that. of our season yeah. constantly. And it's so frustrating. And I cannot fathom, and it's, people aren't going to like me for what I'm going to say now, I cannot fathom why Gatlin Odonka starts that game. Or, equally, why Carl Joseph didn't come on the pitch until 75 minutes. Because we need goals and Gatlin Odonka will not score us goals. 
and I'm afraid that's just how I feel. And people will probably crucify me for hearing that. Oh, he's our young player. You can't say that. Blah, blah. I can and I will. Because it it I don't doesn't feel like the right time for him to be, for him to be there. The exactly. Exactly. Thing, isn't it? Exactly. It's not the right environment for him. And I do think Carl Joseph, I personally believe Carl Joseph will be the difference this season as to whether we stay up or go down. Oh, I mean, that, that Carl Statement. Joseph finish. There's a lot on him. In... Uh, that was the sort of finish I've been wanting Carl Joseph to to make for lots of the season. It was yeah. like the sort of played in and finished a chance that he's had quite a few of those this season, actually, where he probably should have done, put it away like he did. Um, I think there's a bit of a, it's probably almost 50-50 or maybe it's 40-60 on Gatlin O'Donker that I don't, I don't think it's everyone's drunk the Kool-Aid whatsoever. I don't think many of us have either. I, I was surprised he started. He, he, he's an it's option. more what's he's available. It, it's more the Taylor situation. Yeah, exactly. yeah, and, yeah, the jo- and yeah. I agree with Connor though. I Joseph needs to be starting. He's got. He's already had six or seven league goals, right? And he's mm-hmm. just he when he came on at Morecambe, no Morecambe. When he came on at Fleetwood and just instantly changed things up. I think it's more can he play down the middle, which was is the thing. Yeah, but, I just don't understand why he can't. Why it's so. Well, no, well now he's so he's clear he can't shown. play through the middle. It's yeah. why he can well, play through he, the middle he, in a Carl he, Robinson team. He is so a striker. Can he play? Yeah, he came, exactly. He came through his youth days as a central striker. That's how Wigan played him. That's how he got his move to Swansea. But yeah. for some unknown reason, we've played him basically everywhere. But did he score on his debut playing down the middle? He scored very early yes, on. He um, did. But I, I, I agree on the O'Donker point. When I saw that he was going to be up against... Curtis Davis and Cashin. I just thought, well, he's not going to get any loose change all afternoon because Johnson Clark Harris, a top scorer in the league, wouldn't get much loose change out of those two. So yeah. it felt a bit Don't of get a me hide into nothing for him. Yeah, Gatlin. I actually think he played relatively well on Saturday. As in, you know, yeah, he, yeah, no, he held exactly. the ball up well. It's probably one of the better performances I've ever seen him have. But I just don't. I just don't think we can pin so much on him to be the bloke who who ultimately grabs us goals, keeps us up this season. I'm not resting everything on Carl Joseph. Of course, there's other players that have to take responsibility and put the ball yeah. in the back of the net. And I'd like to think we would have more contributions from other players, particularly Marcus Brown, Yannick Walshite, um, Josh, <laughs> d- d- dare, I, dare I say Josh Murphy? No, I'm only joking. Um, Josh Murphy, I don't even want to talk about him. Did you mean to say Wolf me Shite then? Or is that what you think his name is? I'm just... Oh, I should have let that one land. That was no, I'm really, just, I'm just, yeah. I actually couldn't work it out. He's kept such a so well delivered through delivery. Was... Yeah. I liked it. Um, do you... <laughs> yeah. Um, I he's not that bad. One... I actually, I think he's all right. I think he'll come good. One, one final thing, and I'm going to contradict myself as soon as I say this, but hopefully everyone understands what I mean. I thought we really suffered when James Henry went off on Saturday. However, Oshin Smith had a good game, who obviously came on for him. I would have loved yeah, to see did. those two in the same midfield because Henry wasn't running the midfield, but he was getting on the ball. He was making things happen, playing the ball out wide. Decisive passes. Exactly, which does. is what exactly, exactly that. Yeah. And then, you know, it sounds like a hamstring injury, which could be not short term. But then yeah. Smith, and I think. A lot of people have got very carried away about his performance, which probably yeah, highlights how we've been this season. But he got on the ball and he wanted to come forward with it and he showed for a pass and he went for the return. And we've just not seen that this season. So it he, he felt like a little he, bit 
unorthodox, but also it kind of he kind of grew into the game. I felt yeah, and you could see what he was trying to do when he was playing in a pass. He was going for the return. Our midfield's been so static this season. It was just nice to see and a bit of. He was very action. confident. That's what was important to me. I mean, there were there were a few times we just sort of got the one and kind of clipped it, and it just went straight to the defender's head. And you know, it wasn't the sort of virtuoso performance that some people have got carried away with. But it was nice to see a different option thrown in there. And he's a bit bigger as well. He's yeah, yeah, he's a bit big, of yeah. Physicality, yeah. which we're going to need in the next 10 games. It was a shame yeah. they didn't score that. When he ran onto that ball, though, it was like perfectly weighted first touch. Was he, did he have a first touch? It just looked like he it was on his right foot and he had a lot of the goal to aim at. And it would have been amazing. But what's impressive, to John's point, is his head didn't drop and he had a pretty good game. That was very, uh, you know... There was a lot of the yeah. game left to play after that. I think Craig Short deserves a lot of credit for that change, to be honest with you. Because yeah, because McGuane was we've on not the bench. Se- yeah, McGuane was on the bench, exactly. We've not seen much from Oshin at all since he's come into the club, which obviously is linked to Carl Robinson. It I just think Craig Short's comments so, were a little bit odd. Where he's, he rightly called out that essentially we haven't been physical enough at times and midfield hasn't been. And then the Lincoln game basically changed absolutely nothing. Um but I think it's it's nice to have Smith in the mix. Um, I still think McGuane should be Did, in the team. In this. Oh, yeah, here we go. Yeah. The Marcus McGuane. I just realised that. No, no, what just, a great just, opportunity for Let's me. not get carried away with the forward-looking stuff. Even if he's going to do his holding midfield thing, he is phys- more physical yeah. than others. That's all I, I, think that's Liam, all I was I heading think towards. Liam will do. I think Liam Mallin will see Marcus McGuane as a key player. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think, if, I think if, he has to. If both Henry and Bate are missing, you almost well, the midfield yeah. picks itself. I think moving, yeah, but I think moving forward, I think he will. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I that's think what so. that's what I was responding to. Yeah. Did he sit? What happened when he brought Smith on? Did he put Brannigan in the hole? Yeah, he was further forward than Brannigan. That was what was interesting. I'm sorry. Where's Bate? Is Bate screwed? He's got Bate, um. Bate's a, had a, a surgery on his hand. Hand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so um, I think he'll be. He'll be missing, um, which is which would be interesting to see what what system we end up playing. Then, to be honest with you, because you know we've just you know we've just said if we've if we've got Brannigan, McGuane, and Smith as kind of three options in that midfield area, I wonder whether or not we play a system with three in midfield. I, I'm really really intrigued to see how we line up six one three. Um, <laughs> given given the fact no, that this is this would be the first this would be the first time that Manning gets to pick it. That's really odd, James. As you said, 6-1, I just got a goal alert for Blackpool scoring their sixth goal and their 6-1 up against QPR. You're very in sync with what's going on oh, tonight. Yeah. We could have done this as like Probably a enough. live video printer type. So. Are those results still going well for us? Morecambe losing very 4-1 well. at, at home, which is their first. What were we saying earlier? They've only lost one out of the last 12 home games, so it's kind of good that they're getting a confidence knock. And then Burton are losing 5-2. Bristol Rovers, they're gone anyway, um, losing. But Accrington, keeper sent off and losing 3-0 at home as well. So, thank God for all of that. Uh, can't believe we're having to look at these things. I've only, I've only just started having to like reset my expectations and properly looking at the table and work out this what who this mini-league mini actually includes. Um, it's a sad place to be. It was interesting uh, when Manny was asked that question about the mini-league thing as well, where he... He said that he didn't really see it that way. So that was interesting. 30 points to play for, Connor. Playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> True. 
winnable. Uh, yeah, uh, I I do. I am really interested in, in the how we whether we can keep a clean sheet against Morecambe. I think that's the main thing. That as you said, Jack, that first derby goal was such a sucker punch because we played so well, got ahead. And they just did the only bit of football I thought they really played came in that first move and just goal straight away, clinical finish. And to Connor's point, Odonka, when he was presented with a cutback from Marcus Brown at the other end, sort of similar, just couldn't wrap his foot around it and and knock it in. It's just the the differences. And that third goal they scored was just just summed it up for me. They just ran up the pitch after doing absolutely nothing for <laughs> 10, 10, 15 minutes and then just got that third. But yeah. Um, okay, so I don't really want to look at the table too much. We know we're in this mini league. It's um, from Burton above us, uh, who who played too well one game less less now. Um, I noticed by the way that Cambridge, since um, beating us, had lost four and drawn one, which is great. <laughs> um, <laughs> We've got to, um, yeah. He's just got to start. Morecambe, obviously, holding the fight, the kind of first relegation spot at the moment. Played the same amount of games um, after tonight. Is it after tonight? Or are they play? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. yeah that with lose with lose now they are they actually drop below MK as well, and they play MK after us. So I'm sure we'll discuss fixtures that are coming up. But there's lots of teams to play each other. Yeah, we've lost more games than Morecambe. That's a terrifying stat, isn't it? Um, I know someone's already done like the run-in table, the spreadsheet of truth, the run-ins for all the teams, but I'm refusing to engage with that until we're through the next couple of games, <laughs> at least. Then, then maybe we can talk about it in those terms and worry about what other teams have got to do. But I think whilst it's very much in our own hands, I'm not, I don't want to talk about it. Um so as we said, beyond Morecambe losing, well, actually it's 92nd minute, isn't it? So they've lost 4-1 at home to Charlton tonight, unless anything changes the last couple of minutes. But yeah, their home record hasn't been too bad. They had um, Cole Stockton still there, isn't he? I found that bizarre, but he's only scored four uh, league goals this season. But he was one that was kind of mooted for at least another move maybe to a top end kind of league two club or another team in league one. But he's, I don't know how he's ended up staying there. Does anyone know? Jack, I'll he's, come to he's you. He's not actually very good. And he scored like a worldy <laughs> volley with his like yeah, first it, touch it, against it's, us. It's this classic striker has a really good season. Everyone starts saying you should sign him for 750k and then he proves that it's a one season wonder. So everyone who was interested is very glad they kept their money in their pocket. What happened to the Wimbledon striker that was a bit like that? What's his name? Went to Ipswich, maybe? What, Joe Bigger. He's on. Yeah. He's at Portsmouth. Wait, he scored tonight. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> well done, Joe. I always put like them in the same camp. Different, other different type of player, though. Like, I don't think his numbers would massively change. If you move yeah. I'd about, about Joe Piggott. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Okay. But um, I don't really know anything about Morecambe. I'm just worried about them. <laughs> that's that's all I have to offer. Their their form hasn't been great. They beat Port Vale five games ago, but since then lost to Fleetwood, which is a local derby. Drew with uh, Bolton at home. Drew with Cambridge, who they're obviously battling with, and then lost to Shrewsbury away before tonight's defeat at, to Charlton. So they're not on a great run of form. They haven't won in 
um, five. So they've got a really weird squad. So last week, do you remember Umar Niasi who's played for Everton as a striker? Yeah, like, played quite a few goals and oh, games yeah. in the Premier League. He signed for Morecambe on a free last week. So he started up front for him tonight instead of Stockton. That's they got, so random. They got um, Dan Crowley, who plays kind of in behind yeah. the striker. We had on loan under Appleton and he fell out with him and got sent back. Yeah, and then he, they've was, got, a, he um, was a prick, wasn't he? Yeah, oh, by all accounts. Yeah. Um, and then they've got um, <laughs> the the one game wonder that was Connor Ripley, who we had the week before. Oh, we yeah. then signed Mar- Martinez. Yeah, so he normally yeah. has quite a good game against us. I read that yeah. um, Dan Crowley had been playing up front for them, which I found a bit weird. Like, not even behind the striker, but maybe with Nias and Yakubu and anyone else you can pull out from the... Carnu. along with Nias. That is so random. <laughs> so random, but... When they play, like, 5-3-2, um, so Crowley's right up against the other striker, but as in definitely 5, not a 3. Yeah. So what do you guys, we kind of talked a bit about Odonka and Joseph and stuff, but is there any other omissions or things that you would do? Is Bate definitely still out or do we not really know? It sounded doubtful that he'd be available, but they didn't really seem to know, you know, it'd be probably reaction to this surgery. If he was available, would people go Bate, Brannigan, McGuane, or would there be any builds on that? Would you try Smith again? What would people do? I think I'd go bait Brannigan <laughs> McGuane. Everyone's got their thinking face. One, one thing I definitely, one thing I definitely wouldn't do is play Marcus Brown as a number ten. Yeah, 100%. like 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 Carl Robinson persisted to do on numerous occasions, which clearly never worked because he cannot link the midfield to the strike. Left, left wing is his thing. Left isn't wing, it? exactly. His left wing has to be there. Them. Yeah. Um, so I, I think I think it probably if 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 we're gonna assume that we play three in midfield, which I honestly don't think we will. I don't think Liam Manning will play that. I think he'll play three at the back. I think I, he'll play... I think he'll, I think he'll play three in midfield. Yeah, you do? I, I, okay. I think he'll go four through three. Um, mm. And this is a bit of a random punt, but I wouldn't be surprised if Fleming starts at left back and he plays long at right back. Yeah. Possibly drops Brown, plays Finley and Moore. You, and you it, think? Really? I'm surprised at that. Possibly. I like this. Keep going, John. And then who's up front? I think it's got, well. Then it's got to be Brown. But this is the whole Joseph through the middle thing. That's got to be Brown Joseph, and I think he plays wild shut as well. Mm-hmm. I think he basically just needs to say to the senior players, like wild shut, right? Show me what you can do. Yeah, you're my. You're you should be able to sort this, handle this situation. He can't. He can't look at Tyler Goodrum and be and know with confidence what a young player can do. So why was Goodrum going to start unless? Unless the coaching staff get around him and say, "Look, Goodrum can make a difference," I'm not. He's looked. Un- I I actually think he's looked unbelievable. But also, um, it's not. It's not his Goodrum's game either. It's Morecambe away as well. Yeah. Yannick's big, yeah. so I I don't have an. I was my thinking face is still on for the midfield. Um, I definitely put McGuane in, assuming he's fit and there's nothing going on there. Um, I don't mind if Bate drops out, and they play Smith just for someone to run around and try and win a few more headers but I'm not on the, the Smith bandwagon either but I've got a feeling there might be a little bit more kind of players in their obvious position stuff that you tend to see think, the new managers come in do you think Tyler Smith might be back would it be available Completely I, think, about him. I think we've, all we can do is talk about what we know about players mm. but well, having we, said that I'm sure we'll play three at the back and I'll just look like a mug on 
Saturday. <laughs> I, I think the um, the the forwards two or three, whatever he plays, is, is arguably the most interesting selection of the lot because, granted, there's still Bowden out injured. Josh Murphy's somewhere. You've got you've got a kind of squeeze. Do you play? You start Joseph because he scored the weekend. You've obviously got Wildshirt. You've got Goodrum. You've got Tyler Smith who was supposed to be fit for last week. You know you've got still six or seven players to squeeze into a two or a three, and you know as John just said, players in their natural positions. Brown has to be wide. Like his best role is playing wide. That's obvious for anyone to see. And Manning knows where his best position is. All right, you could argue KR should know it as well, but like. Yeah, he he's got he's got previous with Brown as we as we know. Yeah, and then the, obviously Anderson started on the right wing on Saturday and was very Anderson like. So you know, there's there's him to include in the conversation as well. As much as I wouldn't play him from the start, I'd probably start Wild Shut as well for his physicality. Um, but I think yeah, for me that's the most interesting proposition to see what Manning does because a lot of choice to to squeeze into how he wants to play there. Cool. I think Goodrum will start instead of Wildshot, but I think it'll be Joseph mm. Brown and Goodrum. Goodrum. His, t- his think- touch in close. Game, I've been, I just I was slating him and th- do it, saying a similar thing to Odonka earlier in the season that I thought it was too early for him. But I actually think when he's been down that right hand side, he's just t- he's very tidy. Mm. He doesn't give away a lot. He doesn't give away a lot of the ball. He makes um, things happen in that yeah. sort of hard to put a finger on why the person before him couldn't do the same things he's just done like knock it past the defender and just sort of put it in um yeah guys i think we're really forgetting something though like what about josh murphy (laughs) (laughs) you never know he's got a two-year contract let's not forget i hope to god he's not here next season i i honestly Costs a lot of money to get rid of him. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I, know, I, I, I know it would. <laughs> he's, he's not going. He's not going anywhere. And so you just got to hope that Manning can get the sick Do note done, and him. then actually just yeah. get him into the team. Well, you got him a medical team could get hold of him. I don't think it's anything to do with the manager. Well, yeah. it is, but well, the, the the Josh Murphy signing was just ridiculous from the start. He's barely yeah. played any football, and there's been issues at his previous clubs. Hence why he's now in League One. That was a we can say it now he's gone. That was a classic Robinson kind of bravado. Oh, I can change his career rounds type move, and it's just fallen absolutely flat on its face. Nice. Yeah, to the cost totally of agree. the squad and the wage budget. Yeah, he did. He yeah. was saying, "Judge me when um, Murphy and Wild shut are back," didn't they? Right at the beginning of the season. Yeah, yeah. That, that was his plan that they'll never be back, and so you can never judge him. <laughs> He knew. Oh, he, oh, he's been judged. Yeah, um, <laughs> heavily. Forecast for Morecambe. Uh, we're looking at a north easterly breeze, uh, rain. <laughs> I was going to say, can we just predict the weather rather than the score? Because like, I'm much more confident on the, on the weather. It looks like it might well be windy, uh, and it's probably going to be raining. So it's going to be great. That's Conditions that we love playing in, clearly. So we'll be leaving at 9am, James, just to get there for a lovely seaside breakfast. Have they still got Ellington? <laughs> is he like 58 now? It's not Ellington. Is it Ellington? He used to always be a more... Kevin Ellison. Ellison. Ellington. Ellington used to play Wigan, didn't he? Yeah, it was very niche. With Jason Roberts. Sorry, that was that was wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, predictions, lads. Connor, go. 
My heart no, says just, just I don't care about your heart. My heart just... my heart says my heart <laughs> says two one. My heart says two one. My head my head says one one. But I'm hoping my heart is right. Okay, Jack. Uh, We'll get a point and then beat Cheltenham. All right. He didn't ask that. Didn't ask that, but yeah. (laughs) I'd. Would you take? Would everyone take take that, Connor? Point and then beat Cheltenham. Yes, because it's points on the board, James. And quite frankly, I couldn't give a fuck how they come now. (laughs) I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest. I think I speak for every Oxford fan when Classy. I say that. Yes, this is where how we dif- differentiate ourselves from the other podcasts of Oxford. But I want, John, I, I want to win now. I'm so scared of League Two. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I went, I went big. Now. I went big on the optimism <laughs> express for the Lincoln game, and it didn't quite work out. Um, but hop back on, John. Come on, hoot hoot. I don't think Morecambe will have a particular... I think they'll be looking for us to sort of show weakness. So I, I think, think Morecambe can... will be treating it as a must-not-lose. And yeah. they've got... I think they they play MK after us, so... It will come down to do we make the same mistakes we've made all season yeah. this game. If we, can, if we can cut some of them out, there's no reason why we, in theory, couldn't win it. We're just going to have to go and, like, battle it for a bit and, you know, build into the game and cliche, cliche. So, uh, yeah. At 80 minutes, if it's 1-1, do you want to see Liam Manning doing a Carl Robinson win or bust, or do you want to take the point? Win or take bust. Win or bust, yeah. Take the point. Win or bust. Take the win. Take the point. <laughs> take the bust. I reckon we're going to win 4-1. You can't, one. You heard can't it afford to. And then Manning's <laughs> going to be saviour. There'll be T-shirts printed. <laughs> Manning scarfs at the next home game. Um, 4-1. We'll concede the first goal and then Joseph Brace, Good Goodrum with one, and uh, Marcus Brown with a barnstormer to make it <laughs> The last time I was there, I think we won four four two. It was a great game. I was was Ben with Ben. The, the narrative I don't is, think I've heard James have so much optimism in his voice about Oxford United for a long time. Four one. I'm excited. Manning's just gonna he'll get do a 68 slide presentation pre-game. <laughs> in, no, no, wild no, 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 no. He, he only likes 15 minute meetings, which has been picked up on many he'll occasions. Just, yeah, so, was... how, so 68 slides into 15 minutes. Half, half time is wonderful for Liam Manning, then, isn't it? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> right. That was a cute little giggle, James. <laughs> but I'm just excited about the 4-1 win. I'm gonna drive there. This is gonna be great. Um, okay right well thanks for listening everyone we'll be back soon hopefully we can talk about wins and goals and stuff and everyone will be happy and then we'll forget about this stupid mini league that won't exist anymore um, we can move on and look look ahead to next season thanks guys it's been great see you next time <laughs>